Hey everyone, Trista back with another Playing Around with Playbook this week. Today we're going to be talking to Benny Benack, trumpeter, vocalist, and many other things, composer as well. So let's just give him a moment to log on and then we'll go ahead and get started. Chris is going to watch me wait again for a long amount of time. <laughs> Hello. Patiently waiting. Patiently waiting indeed. All right, it looks like Benny has made it on. Patiently waiting. Yeah, you caught that. Great, I'm so glad you could make it on. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah, yeah, I don't think Sammy Thank is you guys for having now, me. but um, I'll just introduce you for the Playbook audience. This is probably almost all of your audience on here, Wait. so they already know what, what, what you're about, um, yeah. but I'll just go ahead and read. By age 28, trumpeter and singer Benny Banak has proven to be a rare talent, not only a fiery trumpet player with a stirring command of the post-bop trumpet vernacular in the vein of Kenny Dorham and Blue Mitchell, but also a singer with a sly, mature, naturally expressive delivery in a post-Sinatra mold, which I have recognized myself very Sinatra-like. <laughs> uh, Benny has showcased an international headliner <laughs> tours at Jazz at Lincoln Center, Shanghai, Jazz at Lincoln Center's NY Jazz All-Stars, and extensive extensively all over Asia and Europe. Um, he has also performed with um, the Christian McB McBride Big Band, Diplo, oh wow, Diplo, <laughs> Anne Hampton, Melissa Errico, uh, Josh Groban, Ben Folds, and fashion icon Isaac Mizrahi, and more. So to start us off, I'm going to ask you our staple question, which is what have you been listening to lately? Well, lately I've been listening to, uh, to my own music because I just recorded, uh, I just recorded my upcoming album um, 
in May before I went on tour to Europe. So, you know, listening to, oh, here's the latest mix or here's the master and which take do I like better? The second take? Well, the trumpet solo is better on the second take, but the melody's cleaner on the third take. You know, so all, all the process between getting the music from the recording studio mm -hmm. to what ends up, you know, on Spotify and YouTube and on a CD. So I've just been listening to myself over yeah, and over again. As much that. I hate I to do say you have it. a name for this upcoming album? In the works? It is, uh, it is tentatively, tentatively going okay, to be called okay. Third Time's the Charm, you know, because it's my third album, Benny Benack the Third, you know, it uh, kind of fits the theme. I wrote a, a tune called Third Time's the Charm to kind of be the title track. So awesome, awesome. that's we're that's what we're leaning to towards. Hear it. it was great performing with you back in May, so I'm excited to hear it. Um, I do want to ask, because I know that um, your dad uh, was a jazz musician or is a jazz musician. He's a saxophonist, I believe, right? I feel like I've seen a video on the clarinet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my dad played. My dad plays clarinet and tenor, and, yeah, I'm and sure his dad, my grandfather, was a lot growing player. up. But aside from him, was there a particular educator that influenced you to pursue music when you were younger? You know, I was really fortunate. I, I grew up in the suburbs of Pittsburgh and just went through, like, you know, public school system. But the school district that I grew up had really, really strong music teachers, band teachers, and let's see it started in fifth and sixth grade in middle school i remember my band teacher mr hazo you know i was always kind of acting out in band class because i would get bored you know i had been taking privately for years so the music that we would play in wind ensemble in fifth grade was like you know i could play it in my sleep so i would kind of end up just you know being rowdy in classes and rehearsals and you know pranks and everything and i think if i had a different teacher you know it, it might have gone south but he always kind of like fostered fostered that and found mm -hmm. other ways for me to channel that energy like he would have me go off into the other room and, and write lyrics to standards and work on other tunes mm -hmm. and he kind of found a way to work with my crazy energy and later on actually my high school band director was also my private trumpet teacher for a while so we were really close and you know, he was always encouraging me to go out into the scene in Pittsburgh where I grew up and, and play gigs and go to jam sessions. So even up until the time when I was in maybe about 11th or I, I should say about seventh or eighth grade, I met up with Sean Jones, who was living in Pittsburgh at the time, mm -hmm. teaching at Duquesne the University. And it was amazing to have like this world class trumpet <laughs> player just happened to be living in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And Sean really took me under his wing and uh, you know, I was his shadow everywhere I went, you know, I, I went to see him play everywhere I could. And, and every time he was home, we took lessons together. And, uh, you know, I always did the summer camps around Pittsburgh and workshops. And there were so many educators that, you know, kind of encouraged yeah, me. Wow, I didn't know that about, Sean. That's, um, about you and Sean. That's, that's really interesting to learn. Um, yeah, it was just, it felt like it was just fate. I couldn't believe that here was this guy. He had just been playing with Lincoln Center at that time. And he was putting out records already on Mac Avenue. And he was just living in Pittsburgh, yeah. teaching at Duquesne, the local music school, and flying around the world. So it was like he was dropped into yeah, my lap. Awesome. And I just awesome. soaked up everything. I like what you're saying about, you know, fostering it and fostering that love for music and just getting you to do other things that like weren't available just like you know in the normal classes um 
And I'm curious, like, in inspiring, like, a student and, like, a, a jazz musician at a young age to keep music in their lives, how can we inspire, like, how do you suggest to inspire kids to invest in the music, you know, and keep it in their lives to be able to, like, to pursue it in the way that you did or have the love for it that you do? Well, you know, I, I meet a lot of people that are that become fans of the music, that become supporters of the music, people that buy tickets, people that come to concerts, people that, you know, ask for you to like play their wedding or play their birthday party and people that have become friends that it all started where they said, oh, I played the flute and wind ensemble and I played alto and jazz band or, you know, hey, I, I, I played in you know, in high school band and then in college, I was a chemistry major, but they had a band for non-majors and I played in the jazz group and I just loved the music or, hey, I sang in the choir and I still love the music. So, you know, you of course don't have to go from band class to wind ensemble to jazz band to music <laughs> conservatory to lifelong performance career to, to keep the music in your life. And for a lot of people, that's the case, but that ends up being, you know, our ecosystem that ends up being the audience you, you know there's always people that played an instrument and had that connection to the music and you know i noticed too during the pandemic a lot of people that said oh i used to play <laughs> they always school, say that that's like, their I haven't first picked it up in a long time in middle school <laughs> yeah but it was like during the pandemic all of a sudden everybody was picking up their horn again you know oh i used to play guitar a little and now i want to <laughs> take a youtube class yeah. to learn how to play and I think that's so cool. You know, there, there are more resources now than ever to kind of get online lessons and meet with people. And, and there's, there's no reason that uh, if you have that love for the music and, and, you know, you can't stay close to your instrument. You don't have to practice five hours a day every day, but, you know, it, 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 it it's sure, always can sure. be a part of your there's life, which I love. A ton of platforms that have come out, you know, Playbook, one of them, one of the many platforms. Hello. <laughs> Get hip Hello. No, I'm joking. Um, but, um, you know, in terms of like, you know, making it your whole life, I know that you've, you've obviously garnered like a huge following, like a huge, I feel like personality on, on the internet, like as for like, you know, Benny Benack, BB3, you know, The Hang. What, what advice would you give to somebody um, to like promote themselves and create like such a brand for themselves, like the way that you have? Yeah, I mean, that is something that ends up you know, master classes, workshops, lessons, we talk about the music, we talk about chord changes, but it also invariably goes back to being a part of this kind of global mm -hmm. music jazz community and, you know, kind of business things or career things. And there is definitely, uh, you know, a sentiment of the squeaky wheel gets the oil, so to speak, right? So we all know people that are incredibly talented musicians. I went to school with people that lived in the practice room. They would be practicing in the 24-hour practice rooms at MSM. I would come back from a jam oh, session at four in the morning, and there they would be in those practice rooms. In the same room they were when I left at 10.30 p.m., you know? And so there's people that are so committed to the music and such students of it, but if they're not going out to jam sessions, if they're not you know, having some element of, you know, you don't have to be shameless about it, but there, there is something to be said for like, if a, if a musical tree falls in the forest, does anyone hear it? You know, you could be the greatest, you know, horn player, the greatest singer, the greatest drummer in the world. But if people don't 
know who you are, it's going to be hard for you to get calls for gigs, you know? So I always say to people to just find that balance, find something that feels genuine to you. For me, that means, you know, documenting every part of my day and being obnoxious and posting everything and making, you know, hashtags and, and, you know, that's authentic for me. That's me just being myself. So I never felt like my personality that I kind of project into mm -hmm. social media isn't who I am, you know, if you run into me at a club or you run into me just hanging out, mm -hmm. but that's not going to work for everyone. That's unique to my personality and who I am. So I would say for someone that's just kind of maybe trying to dip their toes in, it can be as, as simple as setting a little goal like, all right, you know what? I don't have something to say every day. I'm not going to post on my Instagram every day, but like I have a gig coming up on Thursday. I'm going to like promote the gig. I'm going to make a little clip or, hey, here's something I've been working on in the practice room. I'm going to post this little video and I'm a drummer. So I'm going to hashtag jazz drums, drumsticks, Big Firth, remote. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to be obsessive about it, but it's kind of just a at this point, it's hardwired into the scene. You know, you, you, you have to kind of connect with that community online. And the same thing is true when you go out in person. You know, if you go out to see somebody's gig that's a friend and you hang out in the club, but you just sit in the back of the room against the wall and you don't say hi to anybody, it's like nobody even noticed that you were there. You know, there might have been an opportunity to make a connection or have a session with somebody or, you know, just a little bit of that networking stuff that, you know, if you're more of an introverted person, you don't have to be running around the yeah. room saying hi to everybody. But, you know, this is kind of like a people kind of business, you know, so you do have to kind of familiarize yourself and get comfortable, you know, engaging mm -hmm. with with other people for in sure, the community, sure. online and um, I want to ask you our last question. I know, your time is very precious <laughs> and we appreciate you being here, um, which is why do you think, yeah, of course, um, which is why do you Thanks think you know, platforms like Playbook and other platforms, technology in the classroom is important or not important in today's um, society, I guess? Well, it's, I, I mean, it's vitally important for the same reasons we were just talking about where like in the past, there may not have been an opportunity for someone that played an instrument and wanted to pick it back up, it would be such a huge commitment. You'd have to find a music store, find someone to play with, document all this time. And now there's all these resources like Playbook where as much time as you have available that you can put into it, you can get something out of it, you know? And there's so many more opportunities, like you said, to kind of keep the music a part of your life. Um, whether or not you're going to be touring the world, playing concerts, or you just love the music and it's, you know, a hobby and it's something that maybe is a release from everything else that you have going on during the day, you know? And also I think with a lot of the people that are involved in playbook, if you are a musician, you are more serious about it. Like some of these things we're talking about networking, you know, it's great to just meet other people that are making a life out of this and people that are playing shows and, you know, so much of the work that I get, so much of the connections I make are from a friend of a friend. And oh, hey, I, I, I did this thing for Playbook Jazz and there was this great young saxophone player. <laughs> oh yeah, hey, I think I, I worked with her with, uh, you know, the Youth Symphony Jazz Band. Oh yeah, I need a saxophone player for this recording session on Thursday. Maybe I'll call yeah. her, you know, things like that happen all the time. 
So if, if you're just looking for a way to kind of dip your toes in and meet some great musicians and be inspired, you know, you don't have to make some huge commitment. You can just go to the Instagram page and check it out and find something that works. You know, it's, it's more accessible now than ever. Yeah, of course. So I Thank think you. It's, it's really Thank important. you for that answer. And, you know, love that little example you use. Don't be shy. Guy. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, great. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Benny. Right? I just want to say I'll be in Tucson. Tucson. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Clearly, I've never been to, clearly, I've never been to Arizona. Tucson! Next weekend. <laughs> At the Century Room Violet. and Dazzle in Denver, August 10th. He was also just nominated for an Emmy and a downbeat rising star vocalist number two and rising star number 15 for trumpet this month. So congrats to Benny and all of that. And thank you so much for being here. I'm going to log off now. Bye. All right. Thanks.